0: the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePetro Show.
1: It's John DePetro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, which is com. It's Wednesday. It is the final day of March. It is a big day. We have a new lieutenant governor. We're going to talk about that. Also, we have a special guest coming up on voting uh voting in rhode island we're also going to talk to dan mcgowan of the boston globe but i want to play last night you know i caught this live um and even tucker carlson afterwards said this is like one of the strangest interviews he's ever done it's this guy matt gates seen him before congressman young guy from uh, florida he was out in wyoming with a protest against liz cheney in new york times breaking the story Having to do with the making allegations that there was, um, the allegations against him is that he was flying at least one minor, uh, under the age of 18 around different places and had a relationship with her now, uh, age of consent is different. Different states is one thing in some States it's, it's 16 in some States it's 17. Uh, but I, I didn't realize that, uh, nationally you, you are not allowed to fly someone under the age of 18 to then be with you somewhere. So I want to play. Uh, some, if not most of the interview, it's, it, it, you know, he's just odd. And even Tucker Carlson's thrown by it. They agree to get him on just a
0: couple of hours ago late this afternoon. The New York Times ran a story saying that Florida Congressman Matt Gates is under federal investigation for playing some role in sex trafficking potentially having a relationship with a 17 year old girl. There are very few details in major news outlets tonight about this story. We have no background on it all and not even any very informed questions. Instead, we've invited Congressman Gates on the show to respond to these stories and give us his view of them. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, so this is obviously a serious allegation. Tell us what the truth is from
2: your perspective it is a horrible allegation and it is a lie. The New York Times is running a story that I have traveled with a 17 year old woman and that is verifiably false. People can look at my travel records and see that that is not the case. What is happening is an extortion of me and my family involving a former Department of Justice official. On March 16th, my father got a text message demanding a meeting wherein... A person demanded $25 million in exchange for making horrible sex traffic.
1: Folks, I just notice he's saying traveled with. Um, It doesn't mean that there's a 17-year-old and maybe he bought her a plane ticket to then meet him somewhere. He's saying traveled with is untrue. But if she's 17 in Florida and he buys her a ticket to gets her money to then come stay with him in Washington... He's not traveling with her. He's then just with her in Washington. All right, let it continue. This is Matt Gates' Very odd interview last night, Tucker Carlson.
2: Allegations against me go away. Our family was so troubled by that, we went to the local FBI. And the FBI and the Department of Justice were so concerned about this attempted extortion of a member of Congress that they asked my dad to wear a wire, which he did with the former Department of Justice official. Tonight, I am demanding that the Department of Justice and the FBI release the audio recordings that were made under their supervision and at their direction, which will prove my innocence and that will show that these allegations are not true. They're merely intended to try to bleed my family out of money. And this former Department of Justice official tomorrow was supposed to be contacted by my father so that specific instructions could be given regarding the wiring of $4.5 million as a down payment on this bribe. I don't think it's a coincidence that tonight, somehow, The New York Times is leaking this information, smearing me, and ruining the investigation that would likely result in one of the former colleagues of the current DOJ being brought to justice for trying to extort me and my family so a a couple of obvious questions that
0: come to mind and again just to restate this just happened don't have any other information beyond what we've already said and you have said um who first of all who is this department of justice former employee who's trying to extort the money from you you say
2: his name is david mcgee he was a top official in the leadership in the northern district of florida as a prosecutor he currently works at the Beggs and lane law firm as a matter of fact one of the recordings that was made at the FBI and Department of Justice request occurred at that law firm, and the money that was supposed to be paid today that would have shown even more evidence of David McGee's work in this extortion scheme, that was foiled by the New York Times story, and I believe that's why this uh, this horrible information and these terrible allegations have been used this evening. So you're, and, and I'll get to the investigation in a sec,
0: but, but you're saying that David McGee, was motivated by greed. He was trying to extort money from your family. That's his motivation, you're saying. Uh,
2: I know that there was a demand for money in exchange for a commitment that he could make this investigation go away along with his co-conspirators. They even claim to have specific connections inside the Biden White House. Now, I don't know if that's true. They were promising that Joe Biden would pardon me. Obviously, I don't need a pardon. I'm not seeking a pardon. I've not done anything improper or wrong. But what I am troubled by uh, is the real motivation for all of this. You know, Just tonight, Ted Lieu, a Democrat, is calling on me to be removed from the House Judiciary Committee And I believe we are in an era of our politics now, Tucker, where people are smeared to try to take them out of the conversation. I'm not the only person on screen right now who's been falsely accused of a terrible sex act. You were accused of something that you did not do. And so you know what this feels like. You know the pain it can bring to your family. And you know how it just puts people on defense when you're accused of something so salacious and awful. But it did not happen. It is not true. And the fact that it is the basis of this attempt to extort my family tells a lot and if the fbi and department of justice will release the tapes that they are in possession of the american people will see what is really going on
1: wow tucker's like what you
2: just referred
0: to a a mentally ill viewer who accused me of a sex crime 20 years ago um and of course it was it was not true. i never met the person um but but i i do agree with you that being accused falsely is one of the worst things that can happen and you do see it a lot Let's go back to the investigation. You you say that it was uh, that it was or is Folks, underway. This is there the, was
1: an investigation. Matt what is the basis of that L- investigation? Listen to this coming. What up. is
2: the allegation is that he, really he claims not very Tucker clear
1: had from these dinner stories? with the girl?
2: Yeah, again, I only know what I've read in the New York Times. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. My <laughs> wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually. Threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay for play scheme, uh, that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me. Uh, you know, providing for flights uh, and hotel rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime. Uh, and I'm just troubled that the lack of any sort of legitimate ag- uh, investigation into me would then permute, would then convert into this extortion attempt. I, I, I don't remember the, the woman you're speaking of or the context at all, honestly.
0: But I, I, I would case. Like to know who, So they're saying there is a 17 year old girl who uh, you had a relationship with. Is that true? And who are they? Who is this girl?
2: What are they talking about? Uh, the New York Times. The person doesn't exist. I have not had a relationship with a 17 year old. Oh, that is you, totally false. You just the said Tucker had dinner with in The New her. York Times is that I've traveled with some 17 year old in some relationship that is false and records will bear that well, out to
1: be false. See the travel thing. It's so how, odd.
2: How long has this investigation been
0: going on? Do you know? I, I don't know. When were you
2: first informed of it? Uh, you know, again, I, I, I really saw Mac this Gates. as a deeply troubling challenge for my family on March 16th when people were, you know, talking about a, a minor and that there were pictures of me with child prostitutes. Uh, that's obviously false. There Holy will be no cow. such pictures because no such thing happened. Um, but really, on March 16th was when this got going from the extortion standpoint. His
1: father wore a wire
2: so what what happens next? I mean,
0: you you can see there is this investigation, I guess a criminal investigation. I'm not quite sure where the sex trafficking part comes in. I don't again, for the fifth time, I don't really understand this story very well. but what where does it go from here? I mean, you're you've made an allegation against someone by name on the air and accused him of trying to extort millions of dollars from your family. what What happens tomorrow?
2: Well, what was supposed to happen? Was the transfer of this money that would have implicated the former colleague of these current DOJ officials? But that's obviously not going to happen tomorrow because the New York Times story was leaked in order to quell that investigative effort. So here's what needs to happen next the FBI and the Department of Justice must release the tapes that are in their possession that were done at their direction. Those tapes will show that I am innocent and that the whole concept of sex charges against me was. Really, just a way to try to bleed my family out of money and probably smear my name because I am a well-known, outspoken conservative, and I guess that's out of style in a lot of parts of the country right now.
0: Matt Gates, I appreciate you coming on tonight. So Thanks
2: for giving me the I'm chance more, to tell our truth. More, I
0: appreciate it. Well, uh, I, it's a more interesting and complicated story than that I knew from reading about. It. Thank you very much,
1: folks. Again, that was uh, Tucker last night. So
0: we have just been.
1: Oh
0: hold on
1: informed that we may have um tucker carlson then went on the air and said that was maybe the most bizarre interview interview i have ever done i don't know what to make of this whole thing other than you notice the the fine line i've never traveled with someone underage the whole thing is um is is a strange story but that guy he he just always struck me as kind of odd. I know he's been on Fox a lot. I know he's got a lot been trying to build his name but there's something um something obviously very odd uh about that whole story with uh, the gates All right, you are listening to the John Depetro show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let Mega Professionals find them for you? Call Mega Professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508 336 7801. Mega M E G A Professionals 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work, you need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA Professionals help you find the workers. MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801.
3: 321 2799 That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the queen of health. 401 401- 305 3585 you've seen the her store it's right in that old white church it's my health cuz folks it's about your health 1099 mendon road in cumberland shop local stop it and see marie what do we have well vitamins herbal remedies trusted companies who understand quality integrity local products like the incredible acai berry she also has honey maple syrup marie at it's my health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland right across from Davenport restaurant has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401 305 3585. Stop in and see Marie And It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays, folks. We start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website which is to com. Well, folks, he broke the story. He's having quite a week, broke the story on who is the new lieutenant governor. Uh, and it's a changing landscape because the story, which is a big story in Rhode Island, was broken by Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. And this is a, a big move and a big day. I think you were the first one to mention her, by the way, Providence City Councilperson Sabina Matos.
4: Yeah, well, thank you, John. I think what's interesting is, you know, when you... Were- Started talking about Sabina Matos now, well over a month ago, as the potential lieutenant governor candidate. Even though I had really good sources who were saying, "Look, she's going to be viable. She's going to be, you know, a serious candidate here." I really, I mean, you, you know, I hedged my bets a lot with you. I thought that Diosa from Central Falls still had a chance. And the thing that happened, and you picked up on this really before anybody, was over the course of the last month, five weeks. Sabina Matos grew as a candidate and did everything she could to not step on anybody's toes, but to uh, make sure that she was with the governor as much as she could be, uh, you know, in his ear, things like that. And I think she really um, supported her status as the lieutenant governor pick um, by being very hands on here. I don't know that, uh, if she had just stayed out of the fray completely that she would necessarily have been picked. So she proved herself to the governor and now, uh, you know, she, I, I think I fully expect her to be confirmed by the Senate. So she will be the next lieutenant governor.
1: They did. And I think, you know, it started with her even, you know, you had to write a letter and, and that was very sincere and, uh, put a lot of effort into it. Um, do you think, is there a feeling that maybe former central falls mayor, James Diosa, that he kind of lost it? He, um, I didn't really see him do anything right. He never got a chance to appear with Governor McKee. Or do you think, Dan, once she emerged on the scene, he, she just almost like instantly became the front runner?
4: The, the thing that a lot of people in the McKee camp kind of said to me was that the longer this goes, the less likely it will be James Deosa. And so yeah. I think I think that's what hurt him. I think that the fact that uh, the, the governor, even when he was still lieutenant governor, wasn't immediate about Picking the, the central Fall you know the former Central Falls mayor, I think that's what really hurt him. Uh, and I think as you start to look at it and you start more political advisors in your ear you say, you know you think of, especially if you're in the Blackstone Valley, if you're Dan McKee, you know you probably thought of James Deos as kind of this rising star in politics, young guy, Colombian, you know was the, the mayor and, and did by all accounts a relatively successful job um i I think he started to kind of you you know you meet new people when you become the governor when you're suddenly attractive right and i think what happened here was i think other candidates emerged and people said wait a minute so we don't only have to pick this latino candidate we could we could look elsewhere there are people who actually want this job and i think sabina matos just continued to get more attractive to dan mckee over the course of you know five weeks
1: i've heard um positive things about her from business people which i think is an interesting dynamic and folks there's a full story about it again he broke it last night dan mcgowan in the boston globe about sabina matos the providence city council person who will be the new lieutenant governor dan i also noticed and i think they made a smart move uh there was a great story years ago when angel tavares won the mayor of providence the next day he went to this I think he went to this bakery that he used to always go to when the woman was doing a jig and it was such a celebration. It was such a like a great visual to see. I've noticed the McKee people have altered. And instead of making the first stop in Pawtucket, they're instead going to go somewhere with her in Providence, which I think, you know, she is now. This is an incredible accomplishment for her in her constituents, in her supporters and team, her in the Providence. She's she's one chair away
4: from the big office. This is a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, by the way, for all the talk about uh, Providence politicians can't get elected statewide, well, here's the right. way to do it: you get appointed, right? Yeah. Uh, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, this is a, and, and yeah, she's going to do. Uh, I, I think her first appearance at a place on Manton Avenue, which is in her yes. uh, her her ward, which is you know the neighborhood she represents, uh, um, in Providence. And yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think you'll get a. Uh, I think she'll get a really good sort of welcome there. I think mean, they obviously know what they're doing on that. And, and yeah, I mean, look, Providence, as you know, is, can be a very kind of dirty business, the Providence politics. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's very insidery. Um, it's, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens, is, it's just, it's, it's ugly. It happens behind the scenes. It can be very personal and things like that. You know, she is a survivor. She's somebody who uh, you know, beats a 28-year incumbent to get elected, um, you know, had some stops and starts when she, was, when she was the council president originally, manages to get votes. You know, she has proven throughout her political career that she is, you know, she, she knows how to play this game. I think for folks out there who've never heard of her, don't know anything about her, the, crit- the critique of her is that she wasn't a, a strong manager of the city council. That job is really hard. You're, you're dealing with yeah. 15 different personalities. Uh, it's a it's a really tough city right now because you have a mayor who's kind of all over the place. And so, uh, you know, I, I think she – there's no question. I think she, she had some struggles as the council president. But you know what? Now you get into a job where – Let's be honest, you don't have a ton of responsibility. You can play a lot of politics if you do it right. Uh, it's kind of a good fit for her. It's not going to be overwhelming. It's not like she's going to have, you know, again, unless she were to become the governor somehow or anything like that. But, um, I, you know, I think she can settle into this job and probably be a big asset to Dan McKee in politics next year.
1: Folks, just so speaking to Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, Dan, who is her? I mean, you do get a staff as lieutenant governor. Who who, you know, I mean, who is her circle? Who are some of the names that you think that we may hear of? I mean, you get a press person, you get a chief of staff, you you have some. I think you get eight people that you get to hire. Um and so you have an office, you have a car. Who who are like who's in her orbit?
4: My assumption would be that that there will be a lot of oversight from Governor McTeuw on this one. I think they've already floated some names to her, but what I would say is, you know, these people aren't household names. There's a Woman that's run for state Senate a couple of times, Doris De La Santos, who's her uh, her kind of best friend, both in politics, but also in kind of real life. And I fully expect, uh, you know, her to Doris De La Santos to be in the running to maybe be, you know, chief. uh, Maybe a communications director or something like that. She's got a handful of people in. Uh, in her current office I and mean, the city council, people should know the city council staff in Providence is larger than the, uh, the Lieutenant governor staff. It's a bigger budget. Right. It's, right. So there are a handful of people who, again, people aren't big household names that, that um, I think she could bring along with her. But you know, the, the funny thing is, is that a, as much as Dan McKee, you know, had some struggles to kind of find top talent because people are, you know, you're hedging your bets. You're trying to figure out who's going to be the governor next year if you are kind of a hanger on or just somebody who really wants to be in politics with kind of a low stress job, there's a real possibility that no matter what happens with Dan McKee, Sabina Matos is your Lieutenant governor for the rest of this term. And then potentially two terms going forward, you could have Sabina, right. you could have Sabina Matos in the state house for 10 years. Uh, wow! And so, you know, if, if you were looking for security in this, in in that world, job security, being a is a pretty good bet.
1: You know, I just want to touch on one other thing, and and this is actually predates when I really got into media, but David, I've heard the stories. Providence was filled with, the, and you probably, but they called them ward bosses. Oh yeah. You know, like as for instance, D, uh, 904 Manton Avenue, right around there, that's, that's Doris Vending. David Ede was like a ward boss on, in the Manton Avenue section. And, and, uh, you know, Eagle Park had, had a ward boss and it was these ward bosses that you had to go. And, you know, they actually, they could decide elections. Um, Do you think, was that something that was also part of the whole package, which is they wanted someone, for instance, I, I know like the Biden people, they, they were very instructive to Kamala Harris of like, we, we are gonna, you can pick like a couple of people, but we're gonna help you kind of fill your staff. Was this that they didn't want someone who might also come in and think like they're gonna run the show, that this basically is in many ways being over, seen by the McKee people.
4: I think it is to a large degree. Okay. I mean, I, I think she'll get a little bit of discretion, but yeah. I mean, what you don't want are the, you know, the goofy mistakes that can happen, which is just exactly the way you described. It. Now, the, the the word boss, the sort of machine mentality, it's not, it, it, it has evolved. I think it's actually more prolific in statewide politics when you think of the unions than um, Than oh, yeah. it is in like there isn't you know a kingmaker anymore in Providence City Hall, but there there are certainly those folks who would tell you they are and who you know who who kind of hustle votes and, and do that sort of thing. And, and what Dan McKee does not want to do is you know hire somebody. Because, you know, he thinks it's the right political move. And then you kind of find out that, oh God, this guy has, a, you know, a ton of baggage. He did something, you know, sleazy here in this race. And, and then it muddies everything up and it becomes, you know, especially when you have to get this thing through the Senate. Again, I don't expect it to be a challenge, but you know, they're certainly going to be senators who are going to, you know, potentially kind of question her. So you don't want to do anything to make them, um, you know, in any way worried about about confirming her,
1: folks. Quick break, a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer appear call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110 for MEGA MEGA. brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today. 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair.
0: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchels at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
1: It's spring and time to call J. Candle Engineering today at 401-321. 351 7600 J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, pretty soon, it'll be warm. It'll be hot. Why not have central air for your home? Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Remember, with J.K.L., estimates are free. Financing is available, both residential and commercial. In the wintertime, J.K.L., they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. It's going to be a hot summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Be nice and cool in your home this summer. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. For 54 years, J.K.L.'s reputation, second to none, especially for technical expertise and customer satisfaction. J.K.L they do it right they do it right the first time they're an approved national grid vpi installer jkl is also a Navien certified factory dealer called jkl for a system replacement oil to gas or for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available both residential and commercial called jkl engineering today for light for rhode island and massachusetts 401-351-7600-401 351 7600. It's J. Cal Engineering. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great story in today's Boston Globe. Some of this this Sabina Matos, who's uh, as you broke the story, expected now, she will be lieutenant governor. What this does to the race for governor, I'm very intrigued at the prospect that Seth Magazine, who the general treasurer, who's very aggressive right now. Uh, very aggressive and, and calling people and really being out there that there's talk that suddenly they may he may form a ticket with secretary of state nelly gobe yeah i
4: think of all people bob walsh the nea president who uh you know knows his knows politics inside and out uh, was the one that you know floated something like that now i would say it's very much an early stage thing right now as you know the the we haven't seen any public polling, and so that gives every person right. that wants to run for governor every reason to believe that they can be the governor too, right? So so right now, I think Seth Magaziner is going forward with his plan as is. I think Nellie's going forward with her plan. I think mayor Lors is going forward, and so but the the challenge is going to be, there'll come a time where. It looks as though again, if Dan McKee can can avoid blunders and kind of can keep things going relatively steady the way they are right now, um, there's going to come a time where these guys are all going to have to kind of look at each other and say, "Is there, you know, can can he be beat if there are five or four people in a race?" Um, And maybe start to look at your other options. And it is an interesting of the case that if you were to do some sort of ticket running, I do think this move with Sabina Matos it'll be the first time in a really long time maybe ever that we I think by sort of just the the natural process you're going to see Seth Magaziner is going to have to kind of say who he supports for lieutenant governor uh Nellie's going to have to say who she supports for lieutenant governor you know I I mean I the channel like channel 12 never does a lieutenant governor's debate at PPAC I'll bet you there's a chance you will see a lieutenant governor's debate now uh, so, and so I, I think this idea of of, of having to kind of pick your your running mate, so to speak, even if it's not formal, um, I think it's going to be a major issue in the race. It's going to there's going to be lots and there's going to be lots of the politicking of, well, you know, Seth Magaziner's a white male from the east side of Providence. Does he try to you know hook up with a Latina or Latino or or a black person something like that? Um, you're going to see a lot of that happening. I think there's. I think that's absolutely the reality right now for anyone who wants to run for governor.
1: This development, Dan McGowan, what do you think it does to the Alorza for Governor campaign?
4: I think it hurts him. I've always thought that um, uh, the the challenge with pick with, with him having to kind of run against Sabina Matos uh, uh, as you know as he's running really against McKee is. Sabina Matos knows where where the bodies are buried, right? She knows how budgets get yep. balanced. You know, the the moves that, by the way, I'd love to believe that I, you know, have covered a lot of controversial things in Providence. There are 50 things that I probably don't know that Sabina mm-hmm. Matos mm-hmm. probably knows. And so uh, I think it becomes a, a, a huge problem for him. The one thing that I've always been consistent on with Nara Lorza, though, is he is the most natural progressive in this in this yep. potential field, and you know he, he he doesn't he doesn't hide about where he where he is on issues. That's the thing about him. People may not like him, but he he doesn't he doesn't pretend what he you know to be something he isn't. No. And so I think right. he will still feel pretty comfortable trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sabina Mateus becomes a little bit of a, a, a can become a little bit of an attack dog now.
1: What do you think this does to Seth Magaziner running for governor?
4: You know, I mean, the, the guy is going to have well over a million dollars. He's got the name yep. and pedigree, I believe. I'm not sure if this is public, but I'm pretty sure he's got uh, Tad Devine already as his political advisor, legendary you know, guy. Sure. And so sense. He, he, he's yep. going to have all the pieces there. His challenge is right now. You I mean regular people aren't going to know everything that's happening in the treasurer's office, right? Gina Raimondo made that office famous, but traditionally it's a sleepy office. And so right now he does not, um, you know, his profile is he's a young white male elected official versus right. what an older white male elected official. There's not a huge difference yes. between uh, Dan McKee and Seth Magazine, or at least right now. Now, will that change? You know, Seth, Seth is smart. He's going to figure out how to how to find his path. But he's not the natural progressive that Jorge Lourdes is.
1: You know, in 2002, Jim Bennett was the endorsed Republican for governor. He ran up against Don Kachiri, who was the older man in that race. I know the better people found a lot of people felt, you know, he's OK, but he yep. can wait his turn. We're going to go with the older established. Mag- that's interesting. Magazine could run into that against McKee. although Dan McGowan, I would think he's going to have the unions, and they're very aggressive. And and uh, he he right now, to me, I'm hearing is the most aggressive one out there outside of obviously McKee's out there. Recently.
4: Yeah, stuff. Magazine are being very aggressive when it comes to fundraising. He's also, yeah, uh, you know, his turn his <laughs> press shop on uh, after you know. Remember, it's hard to send out press releases about. You know, pension returns, right? They're not interesting. Nobody, nobody right. covers them. Suddenly, he weighs in everywhere. He's testifying on a progressive bill at the state house. He's doing a lot of that stuff. you you should expect to see a lot more of that because remember, what, what all the people who, who are going to run against Dan McKee kind of want to do is, of course, they want union support and they want to run to the left of Dan McKee. They want to paint Dan McKee. As you know, the moderate Joe Biden kind of type of person, whereas you know the states in need of a you know true bleeding heart kind of progressive, and uh, and that's usually how primaries go. The the challenge is then coming back to the middle to win a general election. So I, I think you're going to continue to see Seth Magaziner kind of shift left. I think he's going to court the unions, um, but the unions are tough here, right? They the remember they all don't vote necessarily as a block anymore, and You know, he is reopening the economy. He's funneling hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars into, you know, into the economy. What's the complaint? Right. (laughs) And I think that's the the path that he wants to follow. I, I did everything for everybody. You know, how could you not support me?
1: This they, they do play a factor in a Democrat primary, though. I don't know about so much in the general anymore, but definitely in the primary. And Magaziner, he was one of the first ones. He wanted that Justin Price to That's resign right. from being in Washington, the Capitol. When would a general treasurer weigh in? Dan McGowan, you mentioned in Roadmap, I believe, this morning, which we're going to tell people how they can get to start the day. What does this do for Aaron Regenberg in his bid? Him is a the big government.
4: problem for him because he, you know, yeah. he saw this as um he could run against like a james diosa he thought and and, and even more right. so you know as much as i think a lot of people thought and and i will say i was probably one of them i mean the mo of the finalists for this job you know the most the person most ready to be governor was probably senator Luda palma um but palma, yeah. the challenge would have been is Luda Palma would have guaranteed an Aaron Regenberg primary, and and Aaron Regenberg could beat right. Japan. I don't know. If he, I don't know that he would, but he could beat him. Now, I think Aaron Regenberg right. looks at this and says, "Tough to be, you know, a white male running against a Latina in Providence, yeah. uh, you know, for a lieutenant governor." I think he will reevaluate. Um, I've always thought he that his true goal at some point someday is to be the mayor of providence i think he will take another look at that Ooh. um and, and and you know potentially flirt with that idea but i would be really surprised if he were to run against sabina matos for lieutenant in a, in a primary
1: and 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 choosing sabina matos again i was um i i didn't realize that basically mckee lost providence to ruggenberg less than a yep. thousand votes so she certainly could help him make that up, and then that would put him very strong in win, winning the Democrat primary if he can carry Providence. And what about what does this do for the race for the mayor of Providence? Well,
4: it changes everything there because Sabina Montes would have been a <clears throat> um, a very viable candidate for mayor. I'm not saying I think she would be the favorite, but she yes. she would have been she would have been there. Right. She would have been a real contender. Remember, when you're the city council president, you you, you get to do a lot of things, especially in election years. You can. You know, you can push money out to groups. You can do a lot of things that sound sleazy and maybe sometimes are, but it's what, it's how politics kind of works. So she could have been there to do a lot of those things that would have, you know, really boosted her bid. Um, you know, the, the, the obvious thing it does here is right now we only know of one credible Latino candidate for mayor. That's Gonzalo Cuervo. Um, you know, I joked on Twitter last night. I think he was throwing a party because uh, this was exactly what he wanted to happen. He wanted Sabina Matos to be the LG yep. because he, he thinks that clears a path. Um, you know, I think now you're going to see Brett Smiley really try to try, try to grab Sabina Matos' endorsement. I think that's something that's going to be um, a real factor. I don't know that it changes everything because the dynamics are still that this is – Early stages. It's all about raising money. I think Brett Smiley's going to have plenty of money to make this, you know, to, to be viable. But if Gonzalo Cuervo can unite the the Latino vote, and you know, you don't need it all, but if he can, if, if you can somehow get 70, 75% of the Latino vote, um, and he's got Angel Tavares behind him, he'll have others <clears throat> too, um he could you know he very well could be your next mayor he wins the mo- you know the most from the sabina Matos uh move to governor i don't know that it makes him the mayor but but he certainly is the the winner today
1: spring is here time to contact Bethel certified softwash you can text jared a free estimate at 401 617 2585 Bethel certified softwash they have a great website it's rhodeislandsoftwashing.com. Outside your home, let's get rid of the grime and the stains, maybe some of that that green algae and moss and mildew that build up over the course of the winter. Call Bethel Certified Soft Wash today. Again, outside your restaurant or your home or a roof or a deck or a patio or a walkway, it's Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Remember, it's biodegradable. It's plant safe. Look for them on Facebook, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L. Their Facebook page, the before and after, are just tremendous. Contact them today for a free same-day text estimate, 401-617-2585, 401-617-2585. Again, remember, they have a great website. It's Rhode RhodeIslandSoftWashing.com, Bethel certified soft wash and power wash.
3: 321 that's 401-321-2799 or find karen on the web at www.innovast.com
1: we're in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Now, Dan, uh, we were both at the press briefing yesterday. You also broke the story about the situation with the Providence schools, the teachers unions. What is some um, talk a little bit about the story you did in the Boston Globe, how now the Providence teachers unions, they say, forget about the state takeover. We want to just go. Back yeah, I mean, to it's gotten so
4: bad, John. I know you picked up on this and others did, too. It's gotten so bad. These negotiations, they've, they've done this for three 300- hundred. Long time, and it's gotten so bad that they now they still negotiate in person, except that the the union stays in one room and the the state stays in in a a different room. This is all happens in the union hall in Providence, or the union headquarters. And you know, fascinating. Somebody said to me, "Well, of course they don't meet together. You know, we're in COVID times." No, no, no. They've been meeting face to face for a year straight through the pandemic, right. even the worst points of the pandemic. And they are at such odds and they are, the, this relationship is so tense right now that they can't even get in the same room. They make Frank Flaherty, the mediator, uh, go back and forth to kind of <clears throat> pass notes with, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, with, uh, with proposals. Yeah. So it's gotten very ugly. You know, you've got the, the Mary Beth Calabra, the union president saying, <clears throat> you know, I want the state legislature to overturn this, Um, My gut is that that will not happen, although I do think the union has a a lot of support, I would say, in the House and the Senate. I think they're fed up with how this has gone. And so maybe you don't get to change the the takeover, but boy, if, if those oversight committees are hauling in the commissioner to kind of bust her chops, this could get really ugly and um, and it already has. But I could see a scenario where this even gets worse, uh, because even if the legislature takes no action, they still have plenty of levers to kind of um, just quite frankly screw with the process.
1: Dan McGowan, normally, you know, they're, they're very uh, intuitive and they usually play a pretty good game of chess, in the unions. Um, were, were you surprised that they let that out and then it, basically no one stepped forward to support them? I mean, this House and Senate both said Mayor Lorza signed off on it. McKee doesn't seem to bite. The, the, it doesn't seem to be that there was something behind the scenes that they felt that this unless I think you wrote that maybe they thought they'd take a shot with the new governor. Yeah, I mean, I think, that, I, I think that
4: they, I think they it was a little bit of a shot in the dark, um, you know, John, you, you've you covered politics long enough to know there are times when, and maybe this is not happening in the pandemic, but, you know, what you hear at the bar at night, what you hear over dinner at night when people are all fired up yep. and they're angry and they, you know, over any issue, um, sometimes I think there's a tendency of this union in particular to you know, translate the off-record conversation for, you know, public support. I think that's exactly right. I know for a fact that Mary Beth Calabro is being told by, particularly in the Senate, that they do not love uh, the the commissioner, that they don't like how this process is going. And I think she read that as a moment to – yeah, you know, boy, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a bunch of support. She mm. misread it though. You're right. I mean, she misread it because Dan McKee is never yeah. going to come down and and say that he opposes this. I couldn't see him intervening. He was kind of flirting with that idea yesterday of maybe stepping in himself. Um, <clears throat> but I I think it's going to be hard. You know, the and when the mayor of Providence is saying, "Look, I don't want the schools back. Like we gave them to you." Um, you know, there, there there's really no yeah. movement to make this happen. That's why I, I say. You know, I think it's more about the politics and the hope that now that it's out there, maybe there's, a, there's some, you know, levers that the, the House and the Senate can pull that aren't legislative, that are just to be thorns in the side of the Rhode Island Department of Education.
1: In the Globe story, Harrison Peters, the superintendent, said, we are nowhere with the contract. I'm going to go back to March 4th. Uh, the Education Commissioner was on the stage at the Veterans Auditorium. I asked her if this was a 9 inning game, where are we? She said, we're in the ninth inning. Was that a misread or did things then rapidly fall apart? It seems tough to reckon that on March 4th, they were in the ninth inning and suddenly now they're in separate rooms because they can't stand to be in the same room with each other. And the mediator has to walk back and forth. How did, how did we get from ninth? My gut is that they were never in the
4: ninth inning. And, 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 you know, I'm not sure that I would ever, I'm not sure that I would outright say she was lying. I think you get nervous, you want to answer the question the appropriate way. And like you, you know, I hate to say you don't understand baseball because of course she does know what nine innings are. Um, But I don't think they were ever there. I will say this, this has not been though a, they, they were never getting anywhere. I think that, you know, you remember late last year there was, you know, the commissioner kind of drew a line in the sand and it looked like, oh, boy, things are typical. They're falling off the, you know, this is this is falling off the cliff kind of thing. Things got a lot better, I would say, between December, probably like December 1st until the time that the governor, Governor Raimondo, was, was named Commerce Secretary. I think yep. they did make some headway. I think they had, you know, a handful of. Just common interests that they all kind of agreed on. They still were never going to get anywhere on the tenure stuff or seniority, but they had they had a working relationship that blew up when the when the governor got named commerce secretary, and it's gotten very ugly from there. Tim hey, McGowan,
1: are we going to hear read a story of was there one particular session that became so contentious? Then going forward, they. They had to be in separate rooms. Was there some kind of a dust up where maybe people even had to believe be separated? Are we going to get me, that on that? drama? Uh, I'm
4: trying it. Uh, I, I can't promise it because <laughs> I don't have the facts totally buttoned up. But yeah, I mean, I do think there are certain uh, tipping points. You know, this isn't theater. They actually do, uh, or at least when they were in meetings in the same room, they go at each other. They yell, they get into arguments. Um, these are not, uh, you know, I know the commissioner very well. She's pretty colorful. She is, she is what she is. Mary Beth does not hide sort of where she is on things. And so they have had some kind of dust ups and some yelling matches. Uh, but I don't have that definitive, at least not yet that story of, oh God, here's where things went from, you know, a five to a 10 on the, on the crazy scale.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, folks, there's a great story at the Boston Globe by a colleague of Dan McGowan's, and I, I've never seen anyone write about this, but it's the wife yeah, of Roger Williams. Yeah, this is
4: unbelievable. The, um, I honestly never even thought about this, but my colleague Alexa Gagas has this just a great story on how uh, some researchers, I believe it's at Roger Williams, that at that Roger Williams University, that are doing this work um, to kind of try to figure out more about Mary Williams, the wife of Roger Williams, and... It turns out that they believe that they might only have one letter uh, and only really one piece of a letter that she wrote to her husband. So they're trying to come, come up with other different ways. Fascinating story. It's kind of quirky. You know, usually we're covering politics or business, things like that, education. But this is a, it's, it's worth your time to go read and just uh, learn a little bit about uh, Rhode Island's kind of true First Lady.
1: Now, folks, you hear me mention I start my day by reading Roadmap. There's a lot of information in there. Dan McGowan, if you'd be so kind. Absolutely, John. Thank you. Yeah, the, the,
4: uh, every morning, every weekday morning, we come out with uh, just before 8 a.m., uh, uh, you know, top, the, the, the top of Roadmap, this daily news has new stuff. Sometimes I break news. Sometimes I analyze the news, you know, things about the Sabina Montes becoming lieutenant governor, stuff like that. Uh, then you get a breakdown. All the stories that John and I talk about. Uh, you know, links to those stories, and then kind of a rundown here. The governor's announcing the, the the governor today. The you know, the, here's where the press conference is. Things like that. takes five minutes to read. Best part, totally free. All you have to do is send me a blank email to ri news at globe. dot com. Ri news at globe. dot com. You'll start getting it tomorrow morning.
1: Folks, blank email rinews at globe.com. Damn it, guys. Great there, job. John, Take up the good work. We'll talk. MEGA Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing? Logistics, 401-431-2300. This portion of the John DePetro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brother's Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brother's Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brother's Disposal, again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401 401- 688 0517. 401 688 0517. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brother's Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway. 401 688 0517. And remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brother's Disposal, 401